Welcome to Dig Deep. Today we are concluding our series on trust and I am so incredibly excited and honored to introduce my interview guest to you today. I am going to be interviewing my grandmother, Sybil, today. She is affectionately called G-Bomb by our family, a nickname that I think my brother Eric gave you years ago that totally stuck. G-Bomb is an amazing, amazing woman, and I'm excited to interview you today. Thanks so much for letting me interview you, Grandma. You're quite welcome. (laughs) I love being called G-Bomb. Oh, I'm glad you do. Yeah, that nickname stuck and there was just no no change in it. We we love you, G-Bomb. We love love that nickname for you. It's the perfect nickname for her because she is the epitome of an awesome grandma. All growing up, we all knew we had the coolest grandma in the world. Um, she is fun and energetic and active and wears leather jackets and has just always been the coolest grandma on the block. So G-Bomb, she's smiling and rolling her eyes at me. G-Bomb is a very, very fitting name for you. So thanks for letting me interview you today. Just to let you all know, um, as we're doing this series on trust, sometimes when I choose a topic and decide I want to dig into scripture a little bit and ask, how can we learn to apply this to our lives? How can we lay our lives on the foundation of scripture? And I couldn't deny that there's this theme of trust in the Bible, of faith, really. Faith is trusting in God, trusting him for what he says to be true, trusting in his promises. And as I've been doing this series and working to prepare it, I realized that I have so little experience in my life really exercising trust and exercising faith. And when I think of someone who has demonstrated this for me with um, strength and beauty and faithfulness, I think of my grandma Sybil of G-Bomb. And so I'm excited to wrap up the series with this interview today. So first of all, grandma, I want to start with asking you about this story, because we were reminded and we all laughed as a family a couple weeks ago. I shared when I did the Grace Upon Grace episode about baby Joe's name, I shared the story of Elijah and the Dixie cups and getting water Dixie cup by Dixie cup to fill up his little marble works thing outside. And the family reminded me that you have a story of your six-year-old, probably about six years old, right? Uncle Don was about six years old, seven, six or seven-year-old. Little Uncle Don had a similar Dixie cup story. So why don't you share that story? Well, when Don was seven and his sister was five and a half. My mom, Marcy. (laughs) Yes, Marcy. And then Terry was five. Mm -hmm. And I had a new baby under a year old who was, what, eight months old. And they were home from school one day. It was January. They were home for school, and I don't remember the reason for that. But we lived in an old two-story house, and it was four bedrooms upstairs. Mm -hmm. We didn't use all the bedrooms as bedrooms. We used one of them as a, like a TV room. Mm -hmm. We had furniture in there, and we watched TV together. And that was where I was early afternoon, and I was giving my baby her afternoon bottle. Yes. And I think I had the TV set on. Sure. And I heard some activity in the hallway, and I didn't, I couldn't identify it. 
And then I heard Marcy say, I gotta tell mom. <laughs> gotta tell mom. <laughs> oh no. And that caught my attention. So then I turned around, and that's when I realized I was smelling smoke. Oh my goodness. And Don was saying, No, don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. See, as a young mom and having four kids about those same ages, like all of I them can, under my hands. Yes, I could see myself in that exa- exact same situation. And I know every mom listening is thinking, oh, what would I do if I heard that interaction out in the right. hallway? We got to tell mom, don't tell mom. So the first thing I had to do was put the baby down to investigate what was going on. And I put her in the furthest bedroom in her crib. And the, the smell of smoke was getting stronger. Mm. And Marcy's voice was getting more excited. And then I saw the smoke. And what my children had done was to decide to play Parcheesi, a board game, Mm -hmm. in the fourth bedroom. Mm -hmm. And like I say, it was January. It was a gloomy day, so it was kind of gloomy outside. But the bedroom was dark. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had decided they liked the idea of us eating dinner downstairs in the dining room. Yes. Uh, by candlelight. Oh, huh. And my son, being the little fire starter. Yes, it's always the boys. I feel had like. brought the candlesticks up from mm-hmm. the dining room table, mm-hmm. pulled the shades down of three <laughs> bedroom windows, which made mm. the room even darker. And he had found the matches. Well, he, sitting on the floor on the far side of the first twin bed, he had lit the matches, and they were a little too close to the bed. So I don't know how long it took. Very short time. Yeah, how my mom tells it is it was kind of in slow motion, but also happened all very very fast it just caught the edge of the bed and went up the side of the bed Mm. and of course the bedspread was on fire and i saw that and your son was did not want my mom to tell you because he had it under control in his mind because he was how was in, he going to put it out? he also had been told not to play with matches yes oh he knew so he knew he was going to Get punished. Oh, yeah. But um, he had decided to do something about it himself. <laughs> and the bathroom was, I don't know. Across the hall. 15 feet yeah. down the hall. Oh, man. And we had these little tiny yeah. paper Dixie cups, which we used to brush our teeth. He was running back and forth to the bathroom filling up those Dixie cups yes. to put out the fire, mm. which we're never going to do it. No. And I immediately went into the bathroom, filled the wastebasket. Yeah. And I was dousing the fire, but it took, took a few minutes. But you put it out by yourself. I did put it out. But, of course, the, by that time, the mattress is on fire. Yeah. Oh, no. The bedspread's on fire. There's a lot of smoke. Mm. And I was panicking. 
Yeah, of course. Because I, I had all these responsibilities. Yeah, and a little and a baby in your arms. I mean, I cannot imagine. But again, I was very, very young. Mm, you were how old yeah. were you? Then? You were really young when Uncle Don was born. Your I first was twenty four. Yeah, wow. And I'm thinking, we just sold this house. Mm. It's an old house. It was hard to sell, but it is sold now. We have a buyer. <laughs> And I can't let the neighbors know that the house is on fire. Oh, my goodness, Grandma. So I didn't open the window, which may have been a good thing because it would have let in more oxygen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. I got the children downstairs. Yeah. And it was a while before the fire was out, but then the smoke was Uh, horrible. But you just let the new buyers take it and you didn't. You just try to spruce it up. Yeah, not- <laughs> yeah I did my best, and oh my the fire goodness. finally went out. I was terrified to tell my husband about it when oh, I got I home bet. from work. Holy cow. But you did. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> That'd be probably we pretty hard to hide. It. You'd have to do some painting. We dragged the mattresses out in the backyard. Oh, my goodness. And that was embarrassing. Yeah, sure. But we got through it. Wow. God got me through that. Yeah. He did. I mean, all those kids at home, it's a You it's talk a about God's scenario. guardian angels. I know I had them that afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a big, that was a big thing for me. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, I cannot imagine. I mean, that, of all the things my kids have done that I think, how could you possibly think to do that? They have not done anything that extreme quite yet. And I love that you said Uncle Don looked at you with the same expression that Elijah looked at me with where when you filled up that trash can with water he thought my mom is a genius that yeah. will hold so much more water than these why little why didn't i think of why that why didn't i think of that the trash can is right there so elijah comes from a long line of dixie cup water fillers right well grandma i wanted to ask you today um a little bit about your story and how you came to place your trust in Jesus, how you came to know him, and then what that has meant for you throughout your life. Um, You are turning 80 in September. This is your 80th birthday year, and you have um, known Jesus for a long time now, but you didn't come to know him until you were an adult. So can you you share a little bit about how you first came to know Jesus? First of all, I'll back up a little bit. My mother... When I was four years old, took me to Sunday school. Hmm. And at the time, I learned much later, my mother was not yet a Christian. Oh, wow. Not born again. But she knew about Jesus. And she knew she wanted her children to know about Jesus. Hmm. So she took us to Sunday school. We learned the hymns. When I was... Eight years old, I had been taking piano lessons for a couple of years. And people at Sunday school knew that. So they asked me if I would like to play the piano <laughs> during Sunday school worship yeah. while they sang the hymns. So I started doing that for a few years. So I knew the hymns, I knew the words. I knew the story yeah. about Jesus. I did not know him personally. I didn't know what that really meant to me. Yeah. 
So it was a long time before that happened. When I was grown up, married with all his four children, we had moved to a new community, and I met a lot of new friends. Uh, we had one car, so I was not able to drive wherever I wanted to go in the daytime. Sure. Two of my children were in school. Excuse me, three of them were in school. And I had these good new friends that I had met. One is very, very special, and that was Joanne Kemp, hmm. married to Jack Kemp for yeah. I don't know how many years they were married. Hmm. But she made a special point of inviting me hmm. on a Sunday morning, inviting me to come to a women's luncheon on Tuesday. And I had been invited before, but I also taught beginner piano lessons hmm. right after school. And it was difficult for me to go out in the middle of the afternoon without a car and to go to a, a luncheon, which not have, would not have been over until 2.30 or so, because I needed to get back home for that first piano lesson. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I said, no, I'm not going to be able to come. Well, she persisted. She said, why can't you come? And I said, well, I don't drive. I don't have a car. Well, somebody can pick you up. <laughs> yes, but I have this complication with piano lessons. So, well, we can work that out. <laughs> so she pushed, and I finally decided, okay, it's Joanne Kemp. I'll, I'll try to go. <laughs> so my youngest daughter, Penny, was four, and they had a babysitter room at the hotel. So she went with her little brown bag lunch. I went into the luncheon, like 300 people. And I'm not going to say it's the first time the gospel was spoken in front of me. Hmm. But it is the first time that I heard it. Hmm. And my heart heard it. And what I heard the speaker say, her name was Helen Majeska. She had traveled to Buffalo, New York from, I believe it was Illinois. And she gave this amazing message where she talked about how many of us know something about Jesus. We know something about God. Hmm. And my ears perked up because I knew something. Yeah. And she said, knowing God and his wisdom and his love, it's like answering the door in the midst of a horrific storm hmm. and standing outside is God. Right beside him is Jesus. Hmm. And you invite God in, but you close the door on Jesus. Hmm. Who would do that? Hmm. And I listened 
And I put myself in that position. We lived in Buffalo, New York, so we were used to bad storms. Yeah. <laughs> and I, in my dream or in my vision, I was closing the door on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she had asked us to pray if we heard that message. I did pray silently. She also asked, if you responded to this message, please let me know. I'll be at the door and just take your name tag off and hand me your name tag. Hmm. That's all I want you to do. Well, my mind races ahead and I'm thinking, I don't have time to do that. (laughs) I have to get my daughter out of the lunchroom (laughs) and we have to get home for my ride who was going to drive me home for this piano lesson so I put my name tag in my pocket Hmm. and we left and the next morning I was praying and I remembered I was going to do this give her my name tag and I didn't So I still had her name and address in the program, and I wrote her a note Hmm. and explained why she didn't get my name tag. Hmm. And that was a Wednesday. Hmm. And I put it in the mail that day. On Sunday morning, I happened to be the Sunday school teacher for the kindergarten class. Hmm. Joanne Kemp's daughter was in that class. And she came right up to me after Sunday school was over, grinning. Hmm. And she said, Sybil, I just talked to Helen Majeska last night, the speaker from the Midwest, and she told me what happened yesterday. Hmm. I was kind of embarrassed. I was thinking (laughs) this was a secret between Helen and me. (laughs) And Joanne said... I have a Bible study that meets every Tuesday morning. Hmm. I want you to come. So again, it was Joanne Kemp. Yeah. And I took Penny. We went. It was a babysitter. I went to the Bible study. And that was the beginning of my journey. Hmm. Because I learned so much from the group. Yeah. And from Joanne. And it was a walk. But the walk was leading me towards wanting my husband to learn what I was learning. Mm -hmm. And I found myself preaching to him. (laughs) Our time together was our children actually left for school before he left for work. Mm -hmm. So we had a few minutes at the at the <clears throat> breakfast table. Yeah. Together. And I started preaching. <laughs> and I I want to warn you, don't preach. <laughs> Not to your husband. Yeah. <laughs> because the reaction on his face was, What are you talking to me about? Hmm. I've heard this before. Right. And then he finally got angry, Mm. and he said, 
He's pushed away from the table. He stood up. He said, I'm beginning to think that if you didn't have me in your life, you'd be happier. Mm. He put his hat on and he left the house. I burst into tears. Mm. That was not the reaction I wanted. And I didn't know what to do. I was very upset. I went back to the bedroom and laid on the bed and sobbed my eyes out. But God called me down. And I killed you not while I was laying there. I heard God say, just back off. Hmm. Let me do it. Hmm. And I calmed down. And things got better, not immediately. It was months, many months, before I saw a change in him. And he finally told me that he had heard what I said and he was listening to God. Hmm. Very soon after that, I saw him completely change. Hmm. Our children were young teenagers, Mm -hmm. very young teenagers. And my one daughter had said later that this was was transforming to her. Hmm. She saw the difference in her father. Yeah. We started going to the church that he wanted to go to, Mm. which was an amazing church experience. The pastor there was Mark Abbott, Mm -hmm. and he led my husband Mm -hmm. to Christ, Mm -hmm. which changed our family's life forever. Yeah. Changed my life forever. Changed Jessica's life forever. Yeah. And now I have great-grandchildren who I have all the faith in the world. Mm. God is going to change their lives. Yeah, well, you got, you got how many? You have 10 great-grandkids? I have 12 grandchildren. Yeah. And, and now I have 10 great-grandchildren mm. yeah. from the age of 8 down to 4 months. Yeah. And that all four of your children love the Lord and are leading their families to do the same and all of that God started when he worked in your life and when he worked through Joanne and your friendship and then through Mark Abbott and um, I just love love hearing you share your story grandma um, thank you for sharing that you're welcome now last week I know you listened to the podcast and we talked about it briefly and um You know, I shared the story from Matthew 14, where the disciples are in a storm. And Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And he says, do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. It's Matthew 14, 27. And one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you, Grandma, about trust is because you've gone through some storms in your life. 
and you're going through one now. Um, I should share with our listeners that you have been battling cancer, which just came into your life a couple years ago. And it's been an awful storm. It's just been an awful, awful storm. But even long before that, you've faced the storm of losing your spouse, raising four children, which has all of its challenges and ups and downs. And I just want to sit under your wisdom and your advice and ask what would you what would you tell well I'd say our listeners but what would you tell me as we seek to dig deep the the name of this podcast is about laying our lives on the foundation of scripture and really applying it to all of the aspects of our lives to our marriages, to our parenting, to our relationships, and to our relationship with the Lord on a day-to-day basis, establishing a firm foundation so that when those storms come, we can trust even when life is storming around us. And so I'd love to know what, what you'd say to that. Well, what I've told you so far was covering the span of the first 31 years of my marriage Mm. uh, to my first husband, which was wonderful. Mm. Uh, We were not wealthy. We Mm. never had enough money. (laughs) We used to joke about how all we had was babies. We didn't have any money. (laughs) Oh, I know how that is. (laughs) But we managed. And we were happy. Mm. Our kids were happy. God blessed us with amazing health. But after 31 years of marriage, although we were been married very young, we were still young. You were young. And I came home from work one day, and my husband was dead which put me into a tailspin as I immediately did not know how I was going to live without this man. I got through that first evening with the help of many, including my children. And the next several days were absolutely amazing. God was so present. It was like he let me know almost immediately that I was going to be fine Mm. and that my children were fine. Mm. And I was able to rest in that. I had friends that told me at my office a church, even a few neighbors. They didn't know where my peace came from. Hmm. To have my world 
so upset, upside down upset. And yet I was able to be calm. God worked out amazing details. I have an insurance story, which is too long. I won't tell it. Hmm. But it, it redeemed my financial life. Yeah. And it was a last-minute signing of an insurance document. Hmm. The day before, it would have gone into effect, hmm. which changed my future. Yeah. So I know God is real. He's been real to me for years and years. Don't let up on God. Hmm. Thanks, Grandma. You know, the, the calm and the peace that you described in that season of life is what I've, what I've witnessed firsthand in this season of life as you've faced... Um, wave upon wave of horrible news your faith has become especially visible and tangible to me in these last two years and it's been an honor to watch you navigate this storm with the Lord you know I am reminded of Something one of my favorite pastors and speakers says, um, he says, whatever situation you're in right now, whatever storm you're in the midst of, what's the story that you want to tell when someday this is just a story that you tell? And I think about some of the challenges in my life, just frustrations with my children or um, issues that arise, challenges that come my way. And I'm inspired to hear your stories of how you've navigated those seasons of your life, how you always leaned in to God in those situations. Even when you felt embarrassed because you'd felt like you'd been around church your whole life and so the idea of making that confession and that that step of faith genuinely for the first time there was a level where it felt strange to you you didn't care you leaned in you were obedient and you followed God and with all the storms that have come your way you've leaned in and now you have beautiful stories of faith to share and a beautiful legacy of faith through your children and your grandchildren. And I believe that's because you've been open to accepting the work that he's wanted to do in your life. I'm so grateful for that. Um, before we close, I just want to say to anyone who's listening, if you, um, if when my grandma was sharing her story, I thought this as you were sharing it, grandma, that I know that there are some people listening who have been around church for a really long time, but have not ever made that personal decision to accept the good news of the gospel. 
And I wonder what you would say to that person. They've they've been around Sunday school. They they know the stories, but maybe as you were talking, they knew, oh yeah, I don't know if I've done that, if I've really taken that step. What would you encourage them to do? Other than just do it. <laughs> what would you say to them? I would say listen to your heart. Hmm. God is knocking. Yeah. And if you're not with him, it's because you've not responded. Hmm. It's not his fault. Yeah. So listen to the spirit. Yeah. And be open to it. Yeah. It's a decision you will never forget. Mm. It's true. There is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who love the Lord. Yeah. And that is the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much, Grandma, for sharing your story today. I love you more than I could ever say. Love you too, Jess. You're my number one granddaughter. I know. I always ask her, <laughs> who's your favorite grandchild? I think whoever asks her that question, she says it's them, but I don't care. She just says it's me and I'll take it. So... Um, I love you, Grandma. Thanks for being here today. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in for this series. I hope that it's been a blessing to you. Um, We're going to take a short break and then kick off a new series in the next couple weeks. So we hope you'll join us then. And until then, remember to dig deep.